0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California 94404. Right, Pels fans, this is part two of our triple header. We're about to bring on Locked On Magic and OrlandoMagicDaily.com site editor and expert Philip Rossman Reich. This is a really cool interview with a brilliant young man. He's going to take us in depth with an exclusive interview on on the happenings of Orlando Summer League, some of the stuff that he's seen, and what we can expect from Las Vegas Summer League when our Pelicans go to battle against 23 other teams. Orlando Summer League is a smaller version of that and a precursor to the bigger event. That's going to be happening starting today. So without further ado, let's bring them on, you guys. It's time to phone a friend. And now we welcome onto the program, Philip Rossman Reich. How are you doing? Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time. But the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404.
1: Thanks, sir. I am doing good. I am I am just back from the Amway Center where the where Summer League just ended and uh, ready to kind of decompress but before i do that i'm happy to talk some some basketball with you thank
0: you so much i can't wait to hear your uh rather exclusive insights on this because it's it's a hard ticket to get before we get to that again you guys he is the site expert and editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com you can hear his voice daily at locked on magic phil we're here to get some magic news but more than that like you just said we're here to get your exclusive uh viewpoint on the orlando summer league now as you know the pelicans are participating uh we're we're recording this on a Thursday, but you'll probably be listening to this on a Friday. So today at Vegas Summer League, tell us before we go anywhere else, what's it like attending a summer league? And and who are some of the people that you get to rub shoulders with?
1: Yeah, well, the Orlando Summer League is is different than than the Vegas Summer League in that Orlando Summer League is closed to the public. So it's it or you know, I've been to Vegas. I've been to Vegas. Um I'm actually gonna be heading out to Vegas on Sunday. Um it's Vegas is very much like a, a big show. You know, you get the fans in there. You know, there's there's a lot of energy in the building with the fans. Orlando Summer League is a lot more kind of laid back and 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 stayed uh, in in some ways because it's only team executives, scouts, agents, uh, media. It's it's very, very kind of kind of low-key. Like you're, you know, past years, you're you're rubbing shoulders with. Larry Bird, who's there with the Indiana Pacers, he, he wasn't there this year, obviously. Um, you know, coaches will be, like, sitting out in the stand, will be sitting out in the crowd. Like, I mean, Stan Van Gundy sits in the same spot in the corner every summer league, and he's just sitting there watching, watching the Detroit Pistons play and just kind of chilling all day. I think he brought his family uh, to, to summer league one one of the days this week. And so it, it, it's, it's a lot more laid back, um, especially in Orlando. There's no PA announcer, there's no, like, t-shirt contests like there might be in vegas where there's fans to engage and and try and sell tickets to it's 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 just a lot more pure basketball and even even in vegas there's like a a a high school gym feel to the whole thing because it's it's a little bit less organized it's it's not as kind of high stakes intensity as far as the results of the game are but fans can get really into it. it it there's definitely an access to it that uh, that that you wouldn't otherwise see at an NBA arena. So if you ever you know, if you're ever in Vegas for summer League I, I definitely say go check it out
0: and how lucky are you to have one of the three platforms, Utah, Vegas, and Orlando, and yours being uh, one of the most exclusive of the three? Let me ask you before we get to some of the encore play um, why do there's, there's an A team league, and uh, officially it's called the Mountain Dew League? I think I should preface that with why do some clubs like Dallas and Miami choose to play in more than the Orlando League? And why do the other six, like the Orlando Magic, choose to abstain?
1: You know, I've never gotten a clear answer for why teams like Miami and Dallas like to do both. Uh, some teams just want to get their young guys more experience. I mean, uh, when you when you look at Summer League, uh, teams pay their own way. You know, it's not like the regular season where, uh, you know, teams are paying their own way everywhere. But teams really foot the entire expense of the Summer League experience. So for a lot of teams, going to Orlando is cheaper than going to Vegas. And, and really for a lot of teams, too. They prefer Orlando because it's close to the public. The focus is entirely on basketball. Guys can't get in trouble in Orlando like they can in Vegas. Uh, and it, the intimacy of the event is is a perk for a lot of teams that like to come to both. Why Miami and Dallas go to go to both, um, I, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, Miami obviously has done a great job investing in their young players and finding and unearthing guys. And I'm sure part of that is because they get to see a lot of guys and put a lot of guys kind of through their program in both Las Vegas and Orlando throughout the summer. Uh, And so some teams like to do that. Some teams like to foot that bill. Other teams only want to do one league and and they choose Orlando over Vegas. Uh, It's, it's, it's hard to say why.
0: OK, so since you're one of the few people who actually got to see the play in Orlando, tell us a bit about it. You yourself confessed on Locked On Magic today that summer leagues, as specifically Orlando, aren't specifically about on-court play. A lot of its purpose is to give executives access to each other so the Magic can find ways to, let's say, uh, cover the loss of Steven Zimmerman with another young player. But aside from from the suits side of things, what is the level of play and how much do you learn from watching some of the magic's young guns in, jonathan isaac wesley Wundu, marcus george hunt and Derek walton jr
1: you know I, I like to say that with summer league you find out more about who can't play than who can play uh because a lot of times you're seeing guys who are not going to be playing the roles they would play for an nba team like for instance uh you know you look at a, a second round pick like wesley Wundu. This stat line did not look impressive this week. And and he struggled a little bit to shoot the ball. But then you have to kind of take a step back and realize when he gets to the main roster, when he gets to the Orlando Magic, he's not going to have the ball in his hands a lot. He's not going to be asked to attack the basket and shoot a lot. He's going to be asked to make spot-up threes. He's going to be asked to defend. Uh, And so you're looking at those types of signals that, can this player fill a role? It's not necessarily, can he light up a scoreboard and score a lot of points? Because a lot of these players aren't going to do that. I mean. If Jason Tatum's doing it, that's one thing. I mean, Jason Tatum has been killing it for the Boston Celtics over in Salt Lake City, and that's a good sign for the Celtics because that's the role that they might be asking him to play. In For a lot of these guys, that's not the role they're going to be asked to play. So a lot of it is about kind of looking at intangible things. Can the guy defend? Is he going to play hard? Uh, is he going to take this seriously? Because for a lot of guys, this is a job audition. And can he fit into the team concept? And if they can do that, that can be a successful summer league. It's not necessarily about whether your team can win or lose, because wins and losses are predicated a lot on how good your roster is and which guy does take over that lead scoring role. That probably won't when he gets if he gets to the NBA. Um, it, it, it's it, it, and it's t- besides, it's really tough to bring guys together uh, in a short amount of time to play at a very very high level. Uh, it's certainly a uh, good it's definitely a good uh, measure of a basketball it's definitely a higher level of basketball um you're not you know you're see- not seeing necessarily clean play because they they practice maybe 3 4 days beforehand and then they're playing games that quote unquote mean something uh but uh it, it's definitely a very high level play it's very physical um uh, you know the refs will let some things go uh it, it it's definitely uh for for rookies especially it's definitely a crash course into oh this is the nba this is what the nba is going to be like
0: so Jason Tatum, obviously, uh, he's he's somebody who's going to garner a lot of minutes in, in Boston. But Jonathan Isaac, somebody who's buried on the depth chart a little bit and hasn't had as much uh, real-game experience, you probably want to see him play a bit more than some of the other guys. And he was pulled out due to a hip injury uh, before the final two games. John Hammond said, on something like this, you always err on the side of caution. We had a chance to see him play. I thought he played well when he had the opportunity. I don't want to say we've seen enough. But we saw what we were hoping to see. Um, does it get frustrating attending the summer leagues and seeing players like Isaac and Monk pulled? And how important do you actually think those minutes are to them in their development?
1: Well, I think. I mean, I think everything is on a per-player basis. Like, uh, you know, when I saw Jonathan Isaac for three games, I saw him. You know, very nervous his first game. He was extremely, extremely nervous. Started shaking off that those nerves in the second game. Played really well defensively. Third game, he was looking really, really strong offensively and then he hurt his hip. With with some of those players, with especially the key roster players, I don't expect them to play more, especially in Orlando where it's five games in six days and you're playing a lot, a lot. Um, I don't expect him to play more than three games. I, I mean, I thought Isaac, I saw enough that I needed to see. Uh, and so I was happy, happy with him and said, shut him down. Let's, let's, you know, focus him, forget him focused on what he needs to improve on the rest of the year. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no worries. Um, it, it, it comes, it kind of comes down to each player will show you what he's ready to do. And, 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 you know, you don't want to risk injury. You don't want to kind of throw guys out there. And then you also have guys maybe on the end of your bench that you want to showcase or possibly even you promise them to get some playing time so that they can get their contract too. I mean, you're going to bring guys in, you got to give them a reason to, to show up. Uh, and so, you know, it kind of depends. You don't want to push guys harder than they want to go. Like, you know, Frank Tilakina is a perfect example. Um, he was coming off of a, uh, a, a long season. His team was in the championship game in the last week. He had a little bit of a knee issue. And so I think the New York Knicks rightly said, you know, let's not push this kid any harder than, than we can. We think he's a player. We will let him rest this week and we'll work with him over the summer and have him in for training camp might have been nice to see Tilakina play against this level of competition, but considering how heavy his season was, it was probably the right decision to let him sit and rest rest, uh, because of how long things went. With Malik Monk, it's kind of the same way. I mean, I think by all intents and purposes, he was going to play, but he sprained his ankle. And there's no reason letting an injury like that get worse with a player that you know is going to make the roster. He doesn't really have to prove anything. If they're going to play, you want to see them play well. Again, it's more about who can play, or it's more about who can't play than who can play. So if you're going to play, you need to show that you can at least hold your own on an NBA court. But a lot of the work that's going to get them ready for the NBA season is going to come in the next two months, August, September, leading into training camp, and then training camps where you're really going to figure out, okay, what can this guy give me now?
0: Totally. Now, talk about uh, yesterday, or today, I guess, were the championship games. Is that right? Yeah, today was Championship Thursday. And you got a chance to see Tilakina play in the past few days and uh Kennard from the Pistons. Uh talk about the, the games today and who impressed you along with Tilakina.
1: Well, um I don't believe Tilakina played today. I it was 8 a.m. start, so I maybe I maybe I missed that. But a.m., um, my gosh. Yeah. Uh they 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 get them, they get 'em done early. Um and uh you know there are definitely a lot of players who who look good and it's really more of an accumulation of what's happened over the course of the week um in the championship game really exciting game actually dallas had this guy that they really really like apparently um ding yan yuang he was an mvp for shandong china in the cba they were really featuring him and did a lot and really put the ball in his hands and let him do things and, and he held his own i mean i don't know if he's quite nba ready yet i'd probably leave him in the g league for another year if, if he's up for that but i but they really seem to like him and he made some big plays for dallas as they uh, won the championship in overtime uh, he actually had the assist of jonathan motley for the game winning basket um dwight Bu- dwight bucks from the dallas mavericks has been a summer league has been steadily in the summer league for several years now he looked really really impressive too um throughout the week always kind of a spunky defender, good score. You know, maybe he doesn't get as as many people involved as as you would like. Um, The guy that really impressed me, though, was on the Detroit Pistons, and that's Henry Ellenson. Uh, Throughout the week, I I think he was the the league's leading scorer. Throughout the week, he just looked like a completely different player than he did last year. Um, He struggled to get minutes, obviously, for the Pistons last season, but he just took over games. I mean, he had, I think, 29 points yesterday to get the Pistons into the championship game. Uh, and it was just making shots left and right. Uh, so he had a really, really, really good week uh, for the Pistons. And it looks like he might be able to, to be a player for Detroit this year. Um, you know, there's a lot of kind of stories like that. Uh, Trevion Graham played really well for the Charlotte Hornets. Um, you, you look at a guy like Dwayne Bacon. He signed, he was a second-round pick this year. He signed a two-year guaranteed contract with the Hornets today. Um, you know, you see stories like that. Uh, Derek Walton Jr. of the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, from the Mich- from Michigan, um, played really well for the Magic. Got a lot of Magic fans excited. It sounds like the Magic are going to invite him to training camp. And so you see a lot of stories like that of guys who, you know, maybe got a little overlooked uh, at the draft process, but they get out on the floor and they're like, these guys can really play.
0: You mentioned that a couple of these guys, uh, when you pull out the the, the Malik Monks and the Tilakinas and the Canards, that some of these guys are fighting for roster spots, but other players. And I wanted to go back to Henry Ellinson, other players are just fighting for a D-League spot to to continue honing their craft so that one day they can get to the NBA, like Ellinson did. Obviously, he was a pick, but then he was relegated to D-League, and now he's impressing and getting himself back in the league. How many of these guys do you look at and you think they might not be ready for the NBA today, but I'd be excited to see how they develop in the G-League going forward, and then maybe next season see where they might fit?
1: Yeah, and there's definitely a few guys like that. Um, You know, I think, uh, some of them just may not really be NBA fits and you and, and you see that there's you see that there's guys that clearly have a lot to work on. I mean, I would put Orlando Magic second round pick, Wesley Owundu in, in that category probably too. He might be a guy that you sneak in as a uh uh as a two-way guy, as a two-way contract player. Uh uh, someone who, you know, maybe needs a little bit of time to develop, but is ready for the NBA in, in limited circumstances. Um, another guy I might throw in there is Christian Wood. Um, really impressive year this year he he's probably on the on the edge of the nba there's a lot of guys that you see at summer who you're like these guys are too good to be at summer league but they're probably not good enough to to make it to the nba um, uh, on a full-time basis and and that's what a lot of these guys are kind of fighting for um you know there, there are a lot of those interesting little players and it's just a matter of are they willing to stick it out in the in the D in the g league now uh, to wait for that NBA opportunity, or are they going to go cash in overseas? Because a lot of the people that are in attendance at Summer League, both in Orlando and in Vegas, are got our foreign our international scouts. They're looking to fill their teams too, and they go to they go to Summer League to to find guys.
0: Awesome stuff. Thank you so much for this uh, backdoor insight on some of the summer league stuff, specifically in Orlando, where it is very difficult for me to just, to just find recaps and highlights and, and write-ups on any of these guys, because the access is like you said, so exclusive. And we have the Pelicans coming up on Friday night with some very important players to our future going forward. Like, as it sits right now, Quinn Cook, uh, who went to Duke, is is our starting point guard. Drew Holiday played a lot of off-guard last year. Jordan Crawford was a very big contributor off the bench. We have a lot of uh, hope and promise in Sheck Diallo going forward. Frank Jackson probably won't be playing, but these are some of the guys that we have to look forward to, to seeing their performances, as well as James Young, the former first-round pick of Boston. So, very excited to hear about all this development and some of the stuff that you've gotten to see, and thank you so much for sharing. If I could take just a couple of more minutes of, of your time and talk about the... The Orlando Magic now, you guys have had a very quiet offseason in comparison to last year. You brought in John Hammond, which was an amazing coup that everybody was uh, both excited and shocked by uh, after the Rob Hennigan event, which uh, who was famously ridiculed for the, the Carlos Prunes uh, shot of his whiteboard. And then uh, after last year, all these big splashes, you guys still have plenty of cap space, and and you haven't done much as of yet. Do you have any plans, or have you heard any whispers about what developments are are taking place for the Orlando Magic this summer?
1: You know, everyone you talk to about the Magic, they say that the Magic have just gone really, really quiet since Jeff Weltman and John Hammond came in. Uh, it it and and they really have. I mean, you, there's nothing coming out of Orlando out of Orlando it really at all. I think it, since free agency started, they've been connected to to three players. Uh, and two of them have signed elsewhere. They were connected to Joe Ingalls for a while. They were connected to Darren Collison for a while. And then today uh, they were connected to, to Trey Burke, which I, I found fairly dubious that, that, that they would uh, pursue him uh, considering some of the things we discovered in summer league this year. Uh, but um, the Magic, you know, are kind of in this weird situation where they're not completely capped out. They've got room, but they they don't, have a lot of room to really make significant improvements because they don't have enough money to go out and sign a starter caliber player. Uh, the The Magic, to my math, have roughly about eleven million dollars of cap space, and so they could probably go out and find a bench player. But it, it you know, Jeff Weltman, actually the, the president of basketball operations, talked to the media today about it, and he said, you know, we are waiting for the right time for the right time where our, where value kicks in for us to go after some free agents or go after uh, any of these players. Uh, and that, that time just has not happened yet. Um, I think that the magic are exploring ways to use their cap room as an asset, perhaps in trades to, to make some of those major moves, but a lot of play, a lot of teams are kind of waiting to see how free agency shakes out first. And so I think Orlando is kind of waiting toward the end of the free agency period to maybe go out and say, Oh, you know, this team, you missed out on Gordon Hayward, Rudy Gay, and, and all those other players. You know, we've got some, you know, if you're willing to spend that much, we got a player, we got some players that might be able to help you if you'll give us X, Y, and Z. And they can absorb that into their open cap space. Or, you know, maybe there's a free agent that might be undervalued that they'll say, you know, we're willing to maybe pay you a little bit more to come play with us for a year, prove yourself, and then hit free agency again next year. It it seems like the magic after last season spending so much and kind of locking themselves into some, some salary cap trouble this year are more willing to kind of, punt on free agency a little bit, wait, kind of wait and bide their time, find the guys that they really like at the price they really like and move forward that way rather than spending just because they have cap room. And and I, and I think with where this team is at, you know, they certainly can still maybe evaluate some of their players. They obviously only won 29 games last year. So maybe the results should not be expected to be much different. Uh, But it, 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 I think it's the right strategy for the team with where they're at, you know, considering their roster and and, and some other things.
0: Yeah. Speaking of value, which you mentioned uh, a moment ago, you guys have a lot of picks from the previous regime that that are at an all time low as far as uh, asset value goes. You've got Alfred Payton, who played really well at the end of last season, Mario Hazonia, who got a lot of coaches, DNPs and you've got Aaron Gordon who was flirted with at at the 3 now he's being moved back to the 4 which is already pretty crowded with Biombo and Vucevic. Do you think any of these players going for uh build up some of their their credibility and and become a trade bait or or long standing players with the Orlando Magic uh franchise going forward?
1: You know, I, I think that really everyone is kind of up in the air. Uh you know, even even to some extent Aaron Gordon although I don't think Aaron, I think Aaron's about as safe as you can be on the roster. I think Right now, the Magic are still kind of evaluating what they have. I mean, it's completely new man. It's almost completely new management, Uh, and they're figuring out what they have and and figuring out how to to kind of shift and shake their roster up a little bit. The problem is, you know, Evan Fournier still got four years left on his deal. Bismack Biyombo still got three years left on his deal. They're not particularly marketable. Uh, Nikola Vucevic has two years on a team friendly contract, but. You're not going to get a starter caliber center in return for Nikola Vucevic because for a winning team, Vucevic is probably a, a, a sixth man bench center. Um, he's just not the kind of player that um, that can succeed in this. You know, can succeed as a starting center because of his defensive shortcomings. And so, like the Magic are kind of in that in that weird place that a lot of bad teams can be, where they they value their players more than other teams would value their players. And so in order to make a trade, Orlando almost has to be willing to take a step back in talent in order to kind of clear the cap room and create the flexibility. And they may not be ready to do that now, but closer to the trade deadline would not surprise me if they are.
0: Definitely. And if you guys have some of that cap space still available at that point, you'll have a lot of flexibility as to what you can do and what you can take on. And I think uh, you still have... C.J. Watson at an unguaranteed contract, that could be an important trade chipper. It seems like all these teams can't take in a free agent unless they're, they're giving back yep. salary and assets to go with it. But, uh, Philip, thank you so much for your time. Uh, you did such a fantastic job. All this insight is so valuable uh, to me and to my staff. You guys can follow him. He hosts Locked on Magic every day, much like his sister station, Jake Madison's Locked on Pell's. Phil, tell us a bit about where we can find your pod as well as what you've got coming up this off season at orlandomagicdaily.com.
1: Yeah, well you can always find the you can always download the podcast on iTunes, Audible, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places. You'll download podcast your podcast enabled listening device. Just search for Locked on Magic. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at philiprr-omd. That's P H I L I P R underscore omd and of course you can follow the site on twitter at omagic daily as well um or you know orlando magic daily is still gonna be going strong uh, even after summer league we'll be wrapping up some stuff from summer league uh talking a little bit about what the future holds for the magic and then by august we'll probably dive into some history stuff i've got some uh, interesting history ideas uh planned for for august as we hit the doldrums of the nba calendar uh, and uh, all of that. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, if you're a Magic fan, if you're at all interested in the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. It's it's you no, I think it's the number one source for Magic info, info out there. Philip, fantastic stuff. Thank you so much, sir. No problem. Thank you for having me on.
0: Alright, thank you guys so much. Again, this is only part two of our triple header. We've still got Dan Favali coming up from Bleacher Report NBA, so make sure you check that out. In addition, on the next day, we're recording this on a Thursday, on Saturday you can expect an interview with some of our guys from the Bird Rights, and we're not stopping there. We've got our good buddy from Hoops Habit, Charles Laroca, who is in Las Vegas right now as we speak, and he is going to be updating us on all the happenings and events, uh, all things pertaining to the Pelicans at Las Vegas Summer League, so we can't wait to talk to him next week so don't go anywhere we've got all the information you need right here a uh, big high five to our guys at the bird rights our list of our team i really appreciate your support so much and can't wait to have you guys on here but for now sports fans let's go Pels